Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Again, glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this installment, um, I'm continuing with uh, my FBS College Football Breakdown Series, breaking down all 133 teams in FBS College Football. And uh, this installment will continue with the Michigan Wolverines, who are coming off a unbelievable season going 13-1, 9-0 in the Big Ten. Of course, making that undefeated run through Big Ten Conference play, looking pretty darn good and very impressive, obviously, throughout the season um, after they made the commitment to J.J. McCarthy as the starting quarterback. Things really took off offensively. And then with the tremendous running back duo of Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards, you really saw things skyrocket. And then, of course, the defense was fantastic, too. But again, the thing that seemed to uh, snake bite this program was the uh, college football playoff semifinal game against TCU, where I think everybody expected them to win that game going into that game. And, and they did, too. And I think they're going to use that as great motivation coming into this year and could do some amazing things this year even as far as winning the national title they are that good so diving into my breakdown now of course we'll start off with uh, the stadium where the Wolverines play Michigan Stadium also known as everybody knows the big house Uh, seats 107,601 but routinely um, goes over the 110,000 mark um as somebody who grew up going to games at the Big House, it's, in my opinion, the greatest venue in college football. Uh, it, of course, you can argue that with other with other fan bases and other teams, but I, I'm a bit biased because of uh, my father taking me to games at the Big House growing up as a kid, and uh, just an amazing environment. Um, it's the 34th largest sports venue in the world, um, and and the third largest um, stadium in the world, for that matter. So, And it's the largest stadium in the United States and in the Western Hemisphere. Um, of course, when you, when you go to a game at the Big House, I was just at a game there last year against, against Connecticut, and they run through the tunnel, slap the Go Blue sign. There, there's nothing better. Hail to the victors playing. I, I, I would argue with anybody any college fan base, anybody out there that there's that there isn't a better experience and venue in college football. Uh, moving on now to uh, Coach on the Rise in the program, and I'm going with uh, Sharon Moore, um, who is the offensive line coach and the, the offensive coordinator. Um, coach Moore is in his sixth year as a member of the coaching staff at the University of Michigan, and he's risen through the ranks pretty quickly. Um, 2009 through 2011, he was a graduate assistant on the offensive side at Louisville, then was hired in 2012 and 13 as a tight ends coach there at Louisville. Um, 2014 to 16, he went to Central Michigan, was the tight ends coach. 2017, received a promotion to assistant head coach, recruiting coordinator, and then was also the tight ends coach. Then in 2018, he was hired at the University of Michigan through 2020 as the tight ends coach. 2021-22, he uh, was a promoted offensive line coach, co-offensive coordinator. And then this year, 
offensive line coach, and he is the offensive coordinator, a, a younger coach who has risen through the ranks pretty rapidly and has the opportunity to coach what will be one of the best offenses in the country this year, um, stacked from top to bottom offensively. <clears throat> and I think it's only a matter of time before Coach Moore gets a shot at a FBS coaching job. Of course, especially if U of M has the success that they could really have this year, not only offensively, but as a team. If you're the offensive coordinator for a team that could win the national championship like this Michigan team could, that leads to a really bright opportunity in your future, and I really see that for Coach Moore moving forward. <coughs> Excuse me. Now looking at the position-by-position position breakdown offensively, uh, the quarterback position is led by surefire Heisman candidate J.J. McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy is the unquestioned QB1 in, in Ann Arbor now. Him and Cade McNamara went back and forth the, fir the hand first handful of weeks there before they came to the realization that McCarthy was the guy who could take them to the next level, which is exactly what I thought heading into the season and many others too. I'm not saying that I was groundbreaking in that idea by any means. Many people thought that, but – <clears throat> the coaching staff came to the conclusion as well. Even with splitting duty to start the season last year, he still threw for 2,719 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. He's also a really nice dual threat player that we've seen in the past. Now, I think that they might reel that in a bit because you don't want him to take those hits and you don't want him to get hurt. Uh, but at the same time, he's really good at it, so you got to utilize it to a point. And he, he just provides a spark that few can at the quarterback position. Like I, like I said, he just has that it factor that the elite players have. <clears throat> and I think that's going to really help him not only this year, but I think it's going to help him as he goes to the next level in the NFL. The fact that he can just do so many things. And you could see when he was a true freshman that that it factor was there. You just He would just make some plays that would just wow you. And uh, – He's extremely fun to watch and just a fantastic football player. Um, going to the running back position now, the duo of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards is the best in the country. Uh, I'd like to argue, <laughs> if anybody wants to argue about that, that I would really be intrigued uh, to hear their thoughts there. Um, Corum needed knee surgery after an injury in November, so he's coming off a meniscus tear. And he was a Heisman front runner when he went down with that with that injury. Uh, he had 1,463 yards and 18 touchdowns at that time. Uh, but Donovan Edwards was amazing down the stretch last year in those games that he started down the stretch. He had 991 yards rushing and seven touchdowns himself. <clears throat> and quite honestly, he would start for most teams in college football. Um, these two surefire NFL draft picks whenever they decide to come out. Um, and it, just an amazing duo. I mean, just second to none in college football. Well, the receiving core now has has lacked a go-to guy in the past few years. Now, that granted, they've dealt with some injuries, uh, but there's plenty of talent in place. Uh, wide receivers Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson return, along with uh, tight end Colston Loveland, who has some amazing upside. And then the addition of a... Tight end A.J. Barner from Indiana gives them another sure-handed guy who catches everything. 
and who can also block really well at the tight end position. I definitely see them starting <clears throat> both of them at the tight end position um, and going with the two wide receiver set just because Loveland and Barner give them not only great receiving threats but are both good blockers that can really help. Um, the offensive line returns three starters that have won the Joe Moore Award twice um, as the best offensive line in college football. Um, left guard Trevor Keegan, right guard Zach Zinter, and right tackle Carson Barnhart return. All will inevitably play in the NFL. Um, and then there are the additions of uh, Ladarius Henderson from Arizona State, Drake Nugent from Stanford, and Miles Hinton from Stanford. Fill the other starting roles and then bring in great depth um, for whoever doesn't win the starting role out of those six guys that I just mentioned. Um, just this this is this is a unit they, they kind of have to put together just because they, they got those three Pac-12 transfers, but shouldn't see any issues with this group. As uh, And then, of course, if, if the unfortunate thing happens and somebody gets hurt, there's, of course, quality talent behind all these guys. Might lack a little bit of experience, but quality pieces behind them as well. Uh, shifting to the defense now, uh, the defense lost... Uh, some really, really talented players to the NFL draft, but this is Michigan. They don't rebuild. They just reload. And the defensive line, like I said, lost some key pieces from last season to the NFL, uh, but the interior of the line is very stout with uh, Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham returning in the middle. Uh, Jenkins um, could could be one of the best defensive tackles in college football. Um, the outside returns, uh, Jalen Harrell and uh, Braden McGregor, uh, Braden McGregor and uh, Derek Moore have experience as well. Uh, but in my opinion, the one I'm really excited to see is Coastal Carolina transfer Josiah Stewart. He could be a force rushing the passer. He had 16 sacks in two years at Coastal Carolina. He set the freshman sack record, or not just the freshman record, he set the program sack record for a season as a freshman and then was double and triple teamed all of last season. He is an absolute star, in my opinion, coming off the edge. And I, I can't wait to see what he can do uh, playing at Michigan. Now, he's not going to be double and triple teamed every play. It, this could be a scary sight with him uh, being able to pin his ears back and get to the quarterback. Uh, the linebacker core is as deep as it's been since Jim Harbaugh arrived. Uh, Junior Colson had 101 tackles last year. Michael Bar Barrett and uh, Jimmy Rolder all return. And then former Nebraska standout Ernest uh, Hausman bolsters the group even more. Four really, really talented linebackers there that, that, that could really do some special things. Junior Colson, I mean, he's got all-American potential. Just a good group here. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the secondary returns four or five starters, but finding a cornerback two uh, will be the question heading into the season here. Uh, safeties Rod Moore and Makari Page return, as does Nickelback Mike uh, Sandristill, who is a who is one of the captains of the team. Uh, quarter, cornerback Will Johnson is one of the best in the country, um, and he, he he definitely is a ball hawk guy that's going to uh, deter quarterbacks from throwing to his side, um, especially until Michigan decides on who that cornerback two will be. It could possibly be UMass transfer uh, 
Josh Wallace, uh, he could play a big role. Um, but there's plenty of talent there, just a bit of an inexperience there. Um, looking at special teams now, this unit has been a major strength, but we'll see new faces take over. Both kicker and punter were drafted into last year in the NFL. Um, pretty amazing thing there. Uh, punter Tommy Doman is locked in um, to the to obviously the punting spot, while kicking uh, will belong to uh, either Louisville transfer James Turner, Mississippi State transfer uh, Hudson Hollenbreck, uh, true freshman Adam Samaha, or even Tommy Doman himself could do double duty. Um, I expect it'll be James Turner. He had a really good career at Louisville as a local guy um, who just coming home for his last year, and I think he, I, I definitely think he's going to be the guy moving forward. Uh, looking, Final analysis is my opinion uh, for Michigan heading into the season. Michigan is the Big Ten favorite and could very well reach the college football playoff for a third straight season. I personally predict that that will happen. Um, the offense will be elite uh, as, I mean, they have an elite quarterback, two amazing running backs. They have a really good offensive line. They have really talented receiving threats and two really good tight ends. And the defense will be explosive. I think the pass rush um, isn't going to take a hit. Like uh, some people might think that it will, but I think Josiah Stewart is going to do some amazing things as a pass rusher at the University of Michigan. And an amazingly talented linebacking court in the secondary will be great. Um, so I, I think on both sides of the ball here, it, it could be really, really special. Special teams, they got they got those new faces in there. Um, they can ease into it, I think. I mean, of course, everybody kind of jokes with Michigan's non-conference schedule, which I'll get into that momentarily. But it allows them that opportunity to fix uh, any kinks that they may have there. The only thing missing is that marquee college football uh, playoff victory and uh, that should be coming in 2023 in my in my opinion I think this team not only wins the college football playoff semifinal when they're in there but I think they have a very 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 good chance to defeat in my opinion whichever SEC team makes it out that's my personal opinion I think Michigan has just as good a shot as Georgia LSU Alabama, who, who you can go down the line, whoever you think is going to be in the championship game. Michigan has a great shot of winning it this year. Uh, looking at their schedule now, um, non-conference, they got East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. <coughs> then start off Big Ten play with Rutgers. Then they go to Nebraska, to Minnesota, host Indiana, go to Michigan State, host Purdue, go to Penn State, go to Maryland, and then host Ohio State. Now, I'm not going to say Michigan goes undefeated in Big Ten play like they did last year because their Big Ten conference schedule is tough. I mean, they, they have five tough road games in conference play there. Going to Nebraska won't be easy. New coaching staff. Going to Minnesota is never easy. Of course, you have arch rival going to Michigan State. And then going to Penn State, obviously, an extremely difficult task. And then going to Maryland, Maryland almost beat Michigan in the big house last year. Then, of course, Ohio State to finish the season. So I, I, I'm not going to say that this team goes undefeated. They definitely can. There's no doubt in my mind that they can. But I, 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 if, if I was a betting person, I would say they're going to at least lose one Big Ten game. 
but I still think they win the East. I think they beat Ohio State when it matters that last game of the year. And like I said, I think this team is a surefire uh, bet, in my opinion, to play in the college football playoff. So hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown. Uh, always en- enjoy doing these. Love doing it. And uh, please like, subscribe, or ever listen to the podcast. Uh, give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.